Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Youth Vote Podcast. In this episode, our hosts Shalto and Pimai interview climate and union activist Josephine Foster. After becoming increasingly concerned about climate change, Josie studied a Bachelor of Environment and Society at RMIT. She is inspired by the transformative vision of a Green New Deal and was eager to do similar work for climate justice in Australia. When she saw Tomorrow Movement was fighting for the same kind of transformative climate action, she signed up and has been involved ever since. Let's jump in. So, the Tomorrow Movement, how did you end up a part of it? And, like, was activism present in your life beforehand or was it just something you kind of came into? Okay, so it's a long story because I feel like it takes a while for you to get into the space sometimes or it took me a while to get into the kind of climate activist space but I'd done a degree in um, something called environment and society which was at RMIT it's all about um, social science and environmental issues and I was also a really avid Bernie Sanders fan and like followed Mm. Green Green (laughs) New Deal and AOC and all that sort of stuff in America and I saw Sunrise Movement Mm. as well and so when I saw Tomorrow Movement and I saw they were quite similar to Sunrise Movement, I was so excited to see that happening in Australia. So I signed so up and it was during COVID where like I had JobKeeper, so I was at home a lot, but I had free time. So I was like, oh, I've got pretty much all the time in the world to do this sort of stuff. That's cool. Mm. Um, did you have any activ- activism present in your life beforehand? Did you have any experience of it? Like, mm. did you go to protests and stuff like that? I went to protests, especially like um, marriage equality was a really big, you know, cause that was really important to me. And I definitely went to a lot of of those, like refugee rights, like lots of different protests. But um, I guess protests are like the end of a lot of activism. Like it's that... Organisation. Yeah, it's that organisation. So I kind of wanted to be like, I want to get more involved in the other stuff. But I don't think activism really has been like necessarily a fit that was natural like it seems to be like going against a lot of the things that I was previously which is quite shy and Mm -hmm. quite like not wanting to put myself out there and not wanting to embarrass myself and yeah so it's been a journey (laughs) yeah that's understandable I um have also been involved in some activism before and I understand like it feels that conflicts with your personality a lot at least personally about the tomorrow movement i saw on the website do you think that a hundred like achieving 100 percent renewable energy by 2030 is realistic and considering our economies economics economy economy thank you econ economy uh reliance on fossil fuels so yeah well i think realistic is one of those things like it's a difficult thing to really like hold on to because realistic and I think that's where Bernie Sanders really like cemented this like realistic is very based on what you're making assumptions on in the present and things change and things can change and the possibilities for different like scenarios and alternatives are always there so I think realistic isn't the the thing that I want to go for it's we need to just push for as as much as possible because Mm -hmm. We just can't get bogged yeah. down in realistic because so who decides realistic is like the status quo of the current day and that mm-hmm. will be, you know, the coal interests yeah. today, but we have to shift that real like what's yeah. realistic. Mm. 
So it's a good question, but yeah. <laughs> and plus, like, we can't wait to fix. We can't yeah. wait. And it, the repercussions are, like, so serious that it's not just like, oh, well, if we lose. It's like, if we lose. Yeah. <laughs> Our planet's going to die. We are, yeah. And, like, any kind of warming that we stop means, like, potentially less suffering. So yeah. that's, like, yeah, realistic is, yeah. Out, yeah. Out the window for me. <laughs> yeah, I think um, that's... Uh, personally I've seen that in a lot of progress or attempts at progress Uh, a lot of people I think would have you believe that this is the end of history we can go no further Mm. which is um, just basically an excuse to not try at all Mm. or to try and progress and advance as people it's giving Um, up yeah. yeah it's also a powerful political like move in that it allows the opposition basically to decide things for you and you kind of get stuck in their way of looking at things, which is, oh, this is the only way of doing things. This is the only way. And then that actually takes away all of the other alternative possibilities. And, yeah, Mm. just, yeah, you end up hurting yourself based on someone else's understanding of the world. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, Did you have any doubts or obstacles blocking you away from, like... Did you wanted to give up on the movement because you didn't think you had the right passion or anything to do it? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I think mainly I after I finished my degree, I, this was before I kind of had been involved in any activism, I kind of wanted to like not think about climate change at all. Like I was in that kind of like climate anxiety state where I think I was reading like There were a lot of, it was like 2018 when I graduated and it was like a lot of very serious news coming out. Some people like going into this kind of field that I'd never heard of before, which I don't know if I'll mention because it's pretty dark and (laughs) not necessarily what I think people should be reading about. But um, yeah, I think after that, I really took a long time to like find where I could put my energy because again, like in Australia, I didn't see... Like, I saw the Greens doing some good stuff on, like, a Green New Deal, but I didn't really see where I fit into that. Yeah. That's understandable. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to find your place in change, I think, just in any kind of change. So, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Looking through hi- throughout history, you can see that movements have historically had a radical component to them. Look at Looking at um the just anti- anti-racism, the anti-apartheid... Mm-hmm. Um, just all movements in South America as well, but independence movements, they've all had some component which has been quite um, far. Have you ever had doubts about the ability of peaceful protest to enact that kind of the visible and meaningful change necessary? I mean, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. But that wouldn't necessarily mean that I would, you know, support non-peaceful but like what is defined as radical is very much by the status quo of the day Mm. so like hopefully within time those elements of radical end up just being absorbed into oh like you know now we don't you know like there's still racism obviously but now we don't accept as much that we that we used to so it like shifts um but yeah i guess there's uh, it's hard because like yeah when you're going up against these big corporations and I personally don't feel like I am but like there are people who are like locking themselves onto like mining kind of stuff yeah oh, I guess yeah you have to 
yeah, deal with the fact that maybe the law's not going to be on your side, but the law's not always just. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. Think, not that I'm condoning yeah, of course uh, not. breaking the law, but like the law is very based on what is <laughs> acceptable. Is acceptable and yeah, I don't know. I think, I don't want to make any predictions, but I think that like, yeah, more and more people are like probably more likely to like yeah maybe extinction rebellion is a good example of this like break the law not necessarily like in a violent way and not necessarily in the targeted way because they're not targeting politicians or anything Mm -hmm. but like maybe that's something that will happen more in the future but i don't want to get into future predictions (laughs) yeah uh, well i know personally i've seen um a lot of people in younger generations do seem to be more interested in more radical elements Mm. of politics whether that's left or right it's there's there's a lot more of a division um but i think that also means a lot more potential for change yeah yeah you can almost compare it to like a revolution (laughs) almost (laughs) Um, yeah well (laughs) we'll see what happens maybe what the next generations (laughs) decide is necessary um with the whole thing with covid19 and social distancing do you think that has an effect on the way we protest because yes um uh, some protests have stopped because of the of the like the gap we need to keep between each other and also mm-hmm. you know the whole thing with the um co- with covid do you think that has an effect it has definitely i think there's been some positive things in that i personally i haven't had too much experience in like activism like before this sort of time but it seems like people have been collaborating a lot across Australia and maybe there's been a little bit more like international solidarity and also like more time at home has meant people have become really aware, like especially mm. Black Lives Matter. Like that was also during a time where we were spending a lot of time yeah. on our phones. So people became like really aware quite mm. rapidly. So as for protests, I guess it depends. It's one of those tricky ones. Like when there's the virus out there you have to really weigh up how you're gonna go to a protest safely and like whether like there are other ways and it's you know especially like yeah during times where there's a virus that's serious you don't want to like yeah there's competing competing concerns yeah and it kind of links into um the social media um activism and Mm. i've seen like I said before, I've seen a lot of um, posts being shared on my feed and that has helped me like to stay on top of things. Yeah. And I'm not a very political person, but it helps me uh, for my views and see what's like right and wrong from my perspective. Yeah, yeah I think um, <laughs> Pima and I have uh, opposite opinions on social media. Yeah, um, I was going to say, did you have any... Well, I mean, just to put it out there, I think... Um, What's it called? I think there are uh, large issues with activism on social media, and I was going mm. to mention that mm. it has been a, become a bigger part because of COVID. Um, getting accurate information that yeah, is both <laughs> like and people thinking that by posting something so- solely by doing that, that is the only change they can do mm. or enact, and just kind of stopping there, I yep. think, is a big problem. Um, mm. But that's just my personal opinion. Uh, yeah yeah i think i'm kind of between both of you of like yeah posting itself can't be like it may be if activism isn't like something yeah. you can have that much time for mm. it's not 
the be all and uh, and end all but it can shift the conversation which i think is really useful i can shift the narrative which hopefully then pressures Mm. politicians and means that things can change but also posting can perpetuate like an online presence being more important than your real life presence and real life activism gets messy everyone's not perfect you can be perfect online or like more close to perfect but in real Mm. life like you can say the wrong thing you can do the wrong thing and there needs to be that kind of like there's more flexibility of that in real life than there is online i think online it can be like a scarier space but then you come to a a real life event and you're like okay we can be human we can forgive each other we can yeah mm. accept that like the world is always messy and we're trying to make it a little bit cleaner mm. not cleaner mm. but like less messy what is how do you respond to people who believe don't believe in climate change or kind of argue otherwise and what do you use to persuade them <laughs> depends who they are because if they're a person who I, I mean, it's hard because like I don't really come across that many people in my day to day life who um, don't believe in climate change. Yeah. Politicians, I say, I don't believe them because I know that they know climate change is real, and I know that politically they're just trying to like be able to extract as much that they can in their like political career because it's too much like work and too messy and they go mm-hmm. against all these kind of you know like yeah. easy ways of getting money to keep the GDP looking like good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'd say I go hard on those people, but then like the people in your life, I would say I mean it's I don't have that much personal experience with like really close like loved ones that could be difficult trying to convince them but I'd say maybe looking at them as like they're not the perpetuator they didn't cause climate change yeah and trying to Mm. come at them with like some compassion or like some kinds of understanding of maybe like climate change is too scary for them to think about and maybe like they've got a job in a certain industry where they think that they're being left out of the conversation or that they're going to be hated because of where they work. Mm-hmm. So I think mm. it depends on who it is, what response. Do they have that much power? Go as hard as you can mm. on them. Yeah. They don't have that much power and they're like someone who you can easily just go, okay, I don't need to, I don't need to convince you. It's not about convincing people because we actually do have the majority of Australians who are on board and mm. believe. So it's like you can't convince everyone. You can't get 100%. Yeah. Um, pe- 100% of people on board mm. um, so yeah I guess depends on the person mm. <laughs> and how much time you have and how much you like to argue yeah. <laughs> if you like to argue like maybe it's <laughs> mm. <laughs> no I mean do it in a way that is good for you yeah mm. um, how how confident are you thinking that Gen Z's and younger generations will change the world and are the future basically well, I mean, I don't want to put all that responsibility on a generation that has been given a really difficult... <laughs> you've been given a big yeah. challenge. like, And a, a whole lot of different issues that maybe other generations can't even relate to as much. So I'd say I don't have... I have the hope that I have for any generation and that I'm excited for like the kind of mm. changes that you really want and 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 will happen with you know the changing of culture and the changing of you know I feel like younger generations 
have certainly moved things in a more progressive direction or that's how it seems yeah again like you've got the maybe extreme right is becoming a little bit more Mm. of a threat but like yeah I don't know I I feel like my attitude at the moment is very much like I just want to help as much for younger generations because it's like yeah especially Mm. if you're born like into a world where you've got all this technology you've got all this information and then you've also got this huge issue like climate change as well as like job insecurity and like privatization and all these other kinds of issues Mm -hmm. i i my my idea is we need to support younger generations so they're not just chucked into this role of Mm. oh we hope that you fix the world here we go go." because like that's so nasty as well where you're like thanks i'm so glad that you think that i'll fix the world Mm. (laughs) i'm trying to finish school (laughs) yeah um yeah i feel like the responsibility aspect um it's and the fact that older generations i i feel a few of them do think they can relate to this experience partly because of experiences like the cold war but in the case of nuclear annihilations, mm. that's a what if, not a when, and yeah. not a how bad will it be. Yeah. It's this kind of, yeah, it's um, it's a very different situation in yeah. my eyes. Yeah, definitely. Um, how do you think wealth has an impact on the climate change conversation? Ooh, so much. Um, especially as like, wealth is one of the biggest um. I guess, factors of how high your emissions are, whether it's like country-wise, like Mm. wealthier countries uh, have higher emissions, like countries like Australia. But then within those countries, people with higher emissions are the wealthier people. So I think wealth um, distribution, and also they're the ones who can like buy their way out of kind of like um, extracting as much fossil fuels by like getting a Tesla or like mm. putting solar panels on their roofs and everyone's like, well, I'm renting or I'm like, don't have the money. Yeah. So I think wealth has a lot to do with it. And also, um, I can't remember who it was, but I think it was posted by Trades Hall. They actually found that wealthier people were less concerned about climate change in yeah. Australia than, than poorer people were. Yeah, of course. Yet there's this strange understanding that like, poorer people are somehow like more responsible or something because they're like Mm. i don't know it's a lot of classism within the like environmental movement and just within australia in general um so yeah i think distribution of wealth means um people make the it's not even a choice if you don't really (laughs) have an option um and i think part of why tomorrow movement like we really want to have everyone have just a good job or access to a stable kind of income so you actually one these jobs can be like green jobs but you can also make it so people have more of a choice in what they actually Mm. and uh, i don't like getting into consuming things but like yeah yeah you can actually decide like a little bit more like oh i'm gonna buy something that lasts rather than have to keep buying like cheaper products. IKEA stuff. Yeah. Oh, sorry, mm. I shouldn't say brands, but like <laughs> cheaper products is a good way. <laughs> yeah. How much change do you believe that is necessary in our society to change our si- to save our climate and what does the change look like? Okay. <laughs> I think a lot of change is necessary, but I think that with a lot of the trends that have been really bad for our environment have also been bad for our society in general. Mm. So I think you can actually bring them all kind of together a little bit more and like tackle a couple of issues at once 
while also hopefully transitioning to a low carbon kind of economy. But yeah, it's a huge transformation. Mm -hmm. But I think, um, yeah, the shifts will happen. And I really do believe that we'll get to like, well, I, I do believe we'll actually get to a better place than we're at now. I really yeah. do. <laughs> Here's hoping, I guess, because, yeah, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of work to be done, but I think a lot of people want and need that work to be done. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely something that needs to be done, whether yeah. people want to admit that or not is another yeah. question. Um, so one of the Tomorrow Movement's aims is to create a new political common sense. What does that look like? I guess, like, how framing the arguments, like, for example, climate change can be really framed in a way that's really beneficial to the right, where it's like, oh, it's too expensive, it's too this, it's too that. So changing the conversation and shifting the narrative to, like, a place where you don't have to keep fighting on the same things. And environmental movements got really stuck in this, on like, they were always fighting, yes, climate change is real, yes, climate change is real. And there's some like research that actually says the more that you negate something, <laughs> you know, I think, um, the more that you negate something, you're still actually enforcing that frame in someone's head. So if you say mm. climate change is happening, you can actually keep enforcing, enforcing this like frame in people's minds that like, there's it's a not debate. Ha- or yeah. Like, yeah. That yeah. there's a debate. So shifting the narrative. So we're like, no, we're leaving that in the past. That's, that's already been done. We don't need to keep having this conversation. And being like, okay, we're deciding like what kind of like Green New Deal or what kind of climate jobs guarantee or like how we're like linking, you know, our economic kind of situation to the climate situation. So getting like the news to really like use your story and use your words, that's really important. And getting regular people to start to shift the way that they're thinking about it and stop, you know, keeping those right wing frames basically. Mm, yeah, so um, I think this did remind me of a term. I'm not sure if you've shifting the overtone window. Yes, yeah, yep. so this idea of moving um, just the status quo of p- beliefs um, in a certain direction. Yeah, 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 and that's powerful. And I think that's where like you actually see the breakdown of that idea of there being no alternative. Because once you start shifting that window and people see all of the other I- alternatives, you've like kind of pride open the political possibilities in a way so it's like yeah that's exciting i find that exciting even if you maybe there's more work to be done but it's still exciting if you can start moving in the direction that you want to be yeah absolutely yeah uh now the tomorrow movement also aims to turn its movement movement's power into lasting political change for justice in what ways would that be achieved I guess, yeah, shifting political parties, like shifting the Labour Party in particular is a goal of Tomorrow Movement. And, you know, depending on how things go, like I don't want to say on behalf of Tomorrow Movement, but maybe even like politicians who have, um, well, actually, no, this is a core goal. Politicians who have the climate jobs guarantee as part of their, um, you know, policies that they bring to parliament and you know you can only go up to prime minister (laughs) being a tomorrow movement person yeah so yeah and then the world (laughs) no i mean hopefully (laughs) (laughs) so yeah if possible and yeah just shifting so other other parties have to be 
um, also engaging in the debate on our terms is really important. Mm. Mm. Like making it so like the, the liberals and the nationals feel the heat of, you know, the climate inaction that they're having, that they're doing basically. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's interesting in terms of uh, partisanship and political parties uh, to do with our generation and the ones coming after us because um, at least from what I've seen uh, a lot of people in my generation don't really they have lost almost all faith in political parties and in change happening within electoralism Mm. Um, so it's fascinating to see um, the different avenues they've decided to explore as this is how we can achieve change instead of going for the um you know trying to convince politicians it's more different different options but yeah 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 Yeah, i would it's hard because it's i would also encourage people to try as much as possible to engage with the electoral system as Mm. it is even though it is very i very understand getting like so disenchanted with the way things are especially when it does seem like the labor party has just decided like oh like climate change whatever we'll deal with it later we'll deal with it later or we'll say like those things and then we won't do anything Mm -hmm. so i really am of the belief that yeah get involved but like be annoying (laughs) be annoying Mm -hmm. and just go like no i'm not gonna just say like what the labor party wants us to like wants to hear i'm gonna say like the honest truth and i'm gonna say what is necessary and yeah because that's the problem with parties is they get into this way of like all the people who leave are the ones who are like one of the things to be different and then Mm. the people who stay like can create then this strange like um i guess understanding of what is necessary but it's it's a it's a big big challenge and i yeah. would yeah i don't know i would encourage young people as much as possible to start like using their political power any way that they can and not yeah. like saying i can't because yeah at the end of the day we saw in covid the government has a huge impact on your life like it can help you or it can hinder you it can like provide all of the public services that like are good for a good life like libraries and like roads and i mean roads maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> trains and public transport yeah yeah and like support when you're unemployed so electoralism does matter like uh, our our, who's in Mm. power does matter and especially like you know i'm like maybe 10 years older than you guys i've seen that although like i hate the whole like the the um better of two evils but a Labour Party as government is much nicer than a Liberal Party as government. So, yeah. like, there is, <laughs> there is, like, there is definitely reasons to, to get out there and vote and also encourage older generations who might vote in different ways to be like, hey, I'd like you to just this one time give me, <laughs> you give me your vote. I don't know how okay it is to say that, but, like, yeah, get, use your power to influence the people around you and also, yeah, friends and say yeah i understand but like just give it a give it a go just yeah <laughs> just yeah. vote it's it's easy it's not the end all be all and end all but it will make a difference in your life if you have a liberal government for another three years because yeah that's a big fear especially for those who are like more disadvantaged because the liberals are horrible yeah they're gonna hurt 
people <laughs> like yeah. more than like people who are like, oh, it doesn't make a difference. It's like maybe it makes a difference to someone on welfare or like yeah. yeah. Um, what advice would you give to younger generations about mm. climate change and just activism? Oh, I would say get involved and link up with other people because climate change is a shared responsibility and if you kind of just think about it on your like on your own it's not good <laughs> for your yeah. mental health and it's also not very useful because it's like you can only do so much but you can't really like change Australia from being heavy in coal like mm. as a yeah. use of energy on your own but like gr- like joining with other people and also just generally looking after yourself and like being kind to yourself and you know not shouldering all of the responsibility and um I would say also connecting with nature is really important and just in the city Mm. like just going for walks and and like just feeling like I don't know some kind of connection to the earth really helps it really helps me yeah yeah Mm. that makes a lot of sense it's Mm. having that kind of pull back to reality yeah 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 and just really good for you like Mm. connection to people and connection to like where you're living is yeah the mental Mm. health benefits are very big yeah (laughs) um let's say like uh i don't have a lot of time to protest (coughs) and some people might not have the ability to protest in what ways can can they contribute contribute to the fight um to the fight against climate change but like can't protest yeah i guess everyone has different situations of like maybe they have parents that they could talk to and like get them to change their votes on certain issues or like maybe they have like a skill with writing or music or like just an interest or passion so like bring your own skills and your own kind of like things that bring you joy into into it um would be useful or just like if you only have a little bit of time like helping boost other people's like Mm. sharing their resources donating a little bit of money if you have any like obviously when you're Mm. young you might not have that much um but yeah talking to other people and yeah I I would definitely say the more I've been thinking about the more I think younger generations should like influence their parents and older Mm. generations a little bit more and be like hey this Mm. is really important to me yeah and I want and like everything counts and everything counts mm. yeah thanks for listening and we hope you can join us next Monday for our third episode our guest will be Campbell Fraser chatting about disability perception and surviving year 12 you can find out more about the youth vote and our archive of episodes at theyouthvote.com.au and you can chat with us at the youth vote pod on twitter We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again.